Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello. Pastor Danny, where are you? Oh, there you are. <laughs> Can't start, start till Pastor Danny sits down. How is everyone? Awesome. How was your week? Good? Give me a word that described your week. Testing. Christmas. Someone went shopping. Awakening. Wow. Trying. Very, very, very powerful. I will definitely agree with all of that. And as we all have said, thank you for being here today, you know, for being in this space with all of us. It is so beautiful. The energy is so beautiful. Uh, when we can just align our minds, our hearts, our bodies, our souls together as one and just be in this beautiful, sacred space that God has called us all to be in. It is just so enlightening and awakening to know that each and every soul in this room has been called to be here and to just share the sacredness of this moment together. The only moment that exists in time is right now, in this present moment, and so, I love being up here to guide you. And as I'm up here guiding you, you guys are also guiding me. Um, so thank you. And so together, of course, we breathe today and we cry and we let go and we smile. And we give, give the gift of gratitude to one another through our energy, through our minds, our hearts and our souls. So when you feel called, I ask that you close your beautiful eyes. Ground your feet to the floor. Become one with the silence of the room. Become one with the silence in between all of the words that I speak that God speaks through me to you. I am just the vessel that the highest allows for me to speak through. Deep inhale through the nose and an audible exhale through the mouth as we let go of all that no longer serves us. And we make way for the lights and for the love to shine through 
and may you feel this light and love in all of your being. Take a moment to set your intention for this beautiful practice. And we seal it with the breath. Deep inhale through the nose and let go of the weak. Let go of the heaviness in your heart. Allow your heart to open in this space. Open your mind to the possibilities of life. Whatever is on your heart, allow it to come through to the forefront. and caress this feeling, this emotion. Cradle it and love it. The thoughts in your minds, cradle them, love them. We create that duality of positive and negative. Allow the feeling, the emotion, the thought to just be neutral. Ask it, what is, what is it here to teach you? Drop your shoulders. Rotate your necks if you feel called. Relax your eyebrows. Unclench your jaw. Remove the tongue from the top of the mouth. And as you inhale, feel your lungs fill with the breath of life. And as you exhale, feel everything just leave your entire being. Feel as your body just lightens like a feather. And just be in this beautiful, sacred space with your beautiful mind and your heart and your soul and everything that you have accomplished this week. Be here with it everything that you have gone through in the dark be here with it be still with it be confident that you are being guided by the highest and most loving god that permeates through every single cell of your being just be here deep inhale through the nose and we hold at the top and when you're ready you let go and when we inhale we feel as the lungs they expand you are expansive you are beautiful you are loving 
And when you exhale, I want you to bring that belly button to the spine all the way and we let go. And we invite in with the breath everything that we are. Invite in that creativity. Invite in that dream that sits at the forefront of the mind. You know what I'm talking about. Invite in that love, that forgiveness. Invite in the healing. Invite in fun, happiness, peace, and joy. And just sit still with it. You are it. There is nothing outside of you. It is all within you, everything you need, every answer, the one that you have been asking for and praying for, it's inside of your beautiful heart. And we inhale slowly for three seconds. Three, two, one and just hold it hold it at the center of your mind in between the eyebrows and we let go slowly three two one and find stillness feel your heart beating Feel your body that the soul resides in. And we breathe again. Three, two, one. Drop your shoulders and let go. I love it. I love hearing that. stillness bring that dream to your mind feel that dream whatever it is see it feel it feel the emotions of it what are you doing in it how is your booty your your body moving <laughs> we know where mind is, my mind is <laughs> oh my gosh how is your body moving <laughs> i love you guys <laughs> and we let go and we inhale and we let go together one more time i love you i hope you were laughing in that dream yes when you're ready open your eyes ground yourself to this beautiful space i love you amen <laughs> that was great <laughs> That was funny. <laughs>
How you doing, family? <laughs> so good to be here with you guys today. Everybody just go ahead and take one more breath. I'm acting like that was for y'all. That was for me, really. I just want to act like that was part of the message. First of all, I want to say, as always, thank you, Danny. I always appreciate the opportunity to be up here, share with the family. Um, always got to show love to my moms. Happy to have my queen here. <laughs> and we have a very special OG in the house today. Phil decided to come and grace us <laughs> with his illustrious presence. <laughs> And he's been quiet this whole time. It's amazing. It's my first time ever seeing that. <laughs> yeah, right? Cliff, hook him up. You know what I'm saying? <sighs> Title of my message today is called Lean on Your Own Spine. Before I get into that, I know it sounds cool, right? I didn't, I didn't make that up. I can't even take the credit, so don't give it to me. You know? I got to get that out of the way first, because if I let like five minutes go by, I'm going to act like it's mine. You know what I'm saying? Lord's still working on me, that's why I'm in church. But before I get into that, my philosophy of life is really simple. It's the simple concept that obviously all of us want to feel good. We want to experience a higher quality of life. You know, there are things that we want. There are tangible things. There's ways that we want to feel. There's experiences that we want to be in touch with. All of these things. But my philosophy is that, for myself, I'll speak for me, because I don't know about y'all. Uh -huh. The version of me that is capable of creating and maintaining that quality of life, that's the highest functioning version of me. If I want to say, for example, have a certain house, if I want to have a, you know, a, a certain family experience, if I want to have all these things, it's not just about achieving it. It's I got to be the me that can create it. I got to be the me that can step into it. I got to be the me that can maintain it. And that's the highest functioning version of myself. The version of me that can navigate my emotions with maturity and grace and patience and swag. Come on, listen, I'm from, I'm from Florida, but my family from Brooklyn, you know what I'm saying? So I'd be, you know, I'm be trying to get it down up in here, you know what I'm saying? Hey, hey I, gotta, I gotta calm down, I gotta calm down, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot Brandon was up in here. He, he gonna see Andy, he gonna be like, oh, jump up, start spinning and doing all that <laughs> He does it a little bit better than I just did. <laughs> but it is with this awareness that there's things I want, but let me take my focus off of the things and the experiences that I want to have. Let me, make, let me focus on making me the me that can handle that, that can create it, that can embody it. So many people are focused on, and don't worry, I'm not getting on a tangent, I'm done. I'm just saying. <laughs> so many people are focused on, oh, I want the perfect partner. I want to partner with this, 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 and this. How about we focus on being the version of us that can handle that quality of a relationship? It's flipping the script. <laughs> and so it's with that mindset that I would love for us to approach the message today. Lean on your own spine. That concept comes from this 
Indian mystic that is amazing that I love by the name of uh, Sadhguru. Um, Sadhguru was essentially asked a question. I don't recall what the question was, and I'm not going to make one up. <laughs> but his response to that question was founded in this ideology that he promotes called inner engineering, where he basically conveys that when you engineer your inner state, your inner way of being, the truest value of that is it makes you autonomous within yourself. It makes you independent, independent of what's going on in the outside of you. You can stand as yourself, as the waves move, just like when Jesus was in the boat and that storm was going crazy and the boat was rocking and his disciples were losing their minds and that man was up there asleep, snoring. <sighs> you know how restful you gotta be to snore? In the boat during a storm. That is because he was internally engineered. He was stable internally. And so his response to this nameless question was he was saying, you must learn how to lean on your own spine. You have to lean on your own spine. You have to be independent in and of yourself. But the question just becomes, that's what we want. But most of us, I mean, unless you're enlightened, unless Eckhart Tolle's in the room, and if it is, what up? You should be up here, not me, you know? <laughs> but when we're dependent on external things, that's our familiarity, because all of us in here are dependent on something outside of us. And when I look at this visual depiction, I imagine a crutch. Imagine a person with crutches. And it's like a crutch is something that I am dependent on in order to maintain my stability in an area of weakness. That's, this depiction is something I relate to very clearly because, I mean, for those of you who remember, when I was in here like Lil Red Riding Hood just on my scooter, <laughs> I had a torn Achilles. And as a result, I had to use crutches. The way that that actually happened was I was kickboxing down here in a retro, retro fitness over there off of Griffin Road. And I'm sitting there boxing. And it's funny, because this particular day, I swore I was in my bag. I swore that in my head. I don't know if I was, but I thought I was. I was sitting there kickboxing. I felt energized. I felt, you know, I felt like I was in great shape. I felt powerful. And you know, they say pride cometh before a fall. That's how I know God got a sense of humor. I think I was feeling myself a little bit too much that day. And I'm sitting there hitting this bag. And I'm not even doing anything crazy. I kickbox in that gym six times a day, six times a week. I've been doing that every week for what, like dang near two years now? So I've done thousands upon thousands upon thousands of reps. And this particular day, I go to do a switch kick. Ain't nobody hit me. I just went from here to here. And as soon as I went here, it felt like somebody hit me. I felt and heard this And so I jump up, and my immediate response is to turn around and get ready to cuss out that person. You ever get ready to cuss somebody out and there ain't nobody there? 
ain't nobody there, not even Casper was there. I was looking crazy. And in a single moment, I went from <laughs> perceiving myself as Superman to being on that Life Alert commercial talking about I've fallen, I can't get up. <laughs> I'm telling you, I was on the phone the next day calling them, look, I'm gonna need one of them whistles, dog, because my junk, my junk tore up. Hey, love y'all, my family here. But in a moment, I went from feeling fully functional to needing a crutch. I couldn't get up. And I resented the fact that I, would now, that I was now at the point where I needed a crutch, but I was relieved that I had one. And so I needed them, I needed those crutches, I needed my little scoot scoot with the horn on the front in the basket. I ain't have no basket, I'm playing. But I needed that until I could walk again. But it left me with a question. Because, I gotta, I gotta get off a side note. They say that genius isn't about what you know, they say it's about the questions you ask. Elon Musk isn't a genius because of everything he knows. Even though that's included, he's a genius because of the questions he asks. And so the question that came to me, I ain't a genius, by the way. I ain't prepping y'all to say that I'm a genius. I'm just saying that your boy trying to learn how to ask better questions. That's it. <laughs> it made me ask, what if even after I could walk again, even after I got my little swaggy swag back, what if I had kept using my crutches? And the insight that came to me was that I would begin to decay my own independence. My muscles would whittle. And so, and visibly, I would continue to see my leg shrink and shrink and shrink and weaken even though my functionality has returned, I'm now destroying my own power to access it independently. And this is such a metaphor for how we navigate life. This is such a metaphor for how we navigate life. Because we think about, at least I'll speak for myself, I think about being 16, 17, Imagining the whole world in front of me. And I had the gift of naivety. Because all I saw was potential. The world hadn't made me a realist yet. When you start calling yourself a realist, which really just means I've been hurt a lot, so now I'm scared. I would say to myself, oh, I'm going to do this. By the time I'm, <laughs> man, by the time I'm 23, I'm going to have my own house. Man, I'm gonna have a Lambo, I'm gonna have this, this, and that, man, please. <laughs> when I was 23, I couldn't even spell Lambo. <laughs> I was looking around, what do you mean I got an H in that thing? What? Ah, <laughs> uh, that caught some of y'all, huh? Some of y'all was like, word? You know what I'm <laughs> but it's like, I, even though I didn't. I hadn't yet stepped into independence. I saw myself as an independent entity. I saw myself as this full expression of 
actualized Ryan, actualized potential, nothing hold me back. And then I had a couple, couple hits. Some of those hits took me a while to get up from. Some of those hits left a scar. Some of those hits left a sustained injury. And over time, now mind you, we're not talking about just physical hits. We're talking about emotional hits. We're talking about spiritual hits. We're talking about cognitive hits. Changing my belief system because something happened to me that made me feel like maybe my belief system is a little too lofty. Maybe I got a little too much faith for God to protect me. Maybe I got to. And then what happens is we start picking up crutches, these coping mechanisms that we use to support our injuries. Because real quick, let me, let me throw this up real quick. I forgot to mention this because there's two purposes of a crutch. Number one is that it gives support to the parts of us that lack autonomous stability. The second purpose is that it allows us to function despite having a weakness. And so it's not that we didn't have weaknesses before, but when we face trials and tribulations, what they do is they reveal our weaknesses. It brings clarity to my perceived inadequacy. It brings clarity to the places where I'm vulnerable. I didn't realize I had a blind spot there until you met that person until you lost that job, until, amen, <laughs> until you had a dream and you put everything into it and you was excited and motivated and you thinking that everything is going to change once you do this thing and that dream drop in your face. And so now you feel damaged, you feel injured, but one of the biggest things I learned about adulthood is that the world doesn't stop for you to recover. The day after that breakup, you still got work. And Lord have mercy, let me, let me send all the respect and empathy to y'all who got kids. <laughs> My fault, I ain't got none yet, so let me just. <sighs> I, guess, uh, I, I just might for that one, because. I'm free, <laughs> but, but all love to y'all, you know what I'm saying? They beautiful, I just, I just like being professional uncle, that's it. <laughs> and we find ourselves picking up these crutches and we look at ourselves in our adulthood and we almost start to forget. We forget all the crutches that we're using for our confidence. We forget all the crutches we're using for our emotional stability. We forget all the crutches we use to have a solid identity. And then we mess around and get an ego about it and act like we doing something. And it's like, no. In order for you to feel normal or to feel well from day to day, you gotta lean on 10 crutches? That's okay. But I just know that Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. He said, I have conquered the world. 
If he conquered the world, that means he don't need it. And if my master did that, then that means that's a paradigm for me to aspire to. So I want to learn how to lean on my own spine. So we've attacked the definition of a crutch. We understand the purpose of a crutch. If we want to lean on, if we want to lean on our own spine, we need to understand how to achieve stable living. What does it mean to be able to lean on our own spine as, a con as our constant and foundational source of inner stability? There's four steps to stable living. Identify the crutches that support you in your areas of weakness. Relinquish the crutches that no longer serve you. Accept that there are crutches you still need for stability right now. And lean your full weight on God and let him be your spine. Amen. I like y'all, y'all energy, y'all energized today. <laughs> Telling you with, with the music and, and Cliff up there, man, psh, please, we banging up in here. And y'all heard that, that blues? Dun, 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 dun. I was, me, it was funny, me and Danny's over on the side, we were both like, hey, Hey, you know. <laughs> the first step of stable living, identify the crutches that support you in your areas of weakness. I want to turn to a, a scripture, 1 Corinthians 13 and 11. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. This is showing us the depiction of development. That when I was a child, there were things that were conducive to my stage of development. That it's logical for me to be three and playing with toys. It's logical for me to be three and cry when you take one of them away that don't make any sense at 29. <laughs> if you take that toy away and I start crying, you'd be like, why did you have the toy in the first place? <laughs> but when I became a man, I put away childish things. So that means there was an entirely new set of things that became aligned with that stage of development. And so when we look at this crutch thing, what am I using? What am I doing right now? And if I find some stuff, if I find some crutches, okay, that's a representation of it being, that's a representation of those crutches being conducive to my current stage of development. This might be something I need right now. But one of the biggest mistakes we make in how we conceptualize development is that we think that development is holistic. We think we grow everywhere at the same time. Which is why I always internally chuckle when the language is used like, oh, I mean, of course, like we can say like, oh, I've grown so much, but like, you know, you, you know when like folks, and, and I'm, this isn't judging because like, I've, <laughs> I used to do this. I used to have an identity aligned with, with development. So when I felt like I had grown, Oh, I've grown so much. 
And all of a sudden, I feel like I'm a new Ryan and I'm walking into places and I think just everything's changed. Whereas in actuality, growth, human development is fragmented. You can become an adult in one domain of your life and still be a child in another one. You can grow in this area of wisdom. You can be wise here. That's why it's dangerous to ever see yourself as wise. That's why it's dangerous to ever see yourself as arrived. You arrived where? You might have hit a finish line over here, so you think, but psh, you ain't even broken the starting tape yet on that side. And when we understand this fragmented growth, it, it, it really brings this, this depiction to us. It deepens it in a new way because it's like, I can be a grown, I could be grown here and a child here. I can be an adult in responsibility, but I can be an infant in humility. You think about the image of a, of a very successful business woman. I wrote, I wrote it in my notes, I put businessman, I stopped and I was like, man, you know you're gonna get checked for that. <laughs> business woman, yeah, that's right, that's right, yeah, sorry. I came from a matriarchal family, I got it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, got it. I got to throw some respect on that. But imagine the depiction of an eight-figure business person. They have, they're the CEO, they have all of these uh, clients, they have all of these employees, they writing all these checks. And, that's, and the business is successful, the business is valuable, the business, the business is contributory, it's bringing value to the world, and so, in one sense, it's like you could see them as grown in the area of responsibility because they're keeping everything on point, but they're arrogant. That arrogance is, an, is, a, is a showing of weakness because what that arrogance is really saying is due to my lack of development in this area of who I am, I don't have the strength. I don't have the inner awareness. I don't have the wisdom to be humble. Because in order to deal with this weakness I have, this weakness in my identity, I got this crutch called ego. And so I puff my chest out at you, and I got to show you how much money I make. I gotta show you that I'm Mr. CEO. You can't even meet a new, you can't even meet a new person without mentioning that he's CEO or how many businesses he got or how much money he has. Why? Because it's my crutch. If you were to take me and put me in another country, or put me in another land where that, that isn't capitalistic, what if it's a barter system? Now what? Who am I now? How do I perceive myself now? And so let's use this example. This is a great example. Let's use this business person to see how do we identify our crutches. And so we understand, so what, what is the indicator? The indicator is arrogance arrogant, boastful, it's clear that he's leaning on the ego. But where's the source of it? Where's the source of this instability? 
Because if I'm stable, that means I'm strong, means I'm sturdy. If I'm weak, just taking a picture, I had to catch it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like that weakness is a sign of me being unstable. So with this arrogance, what is the source of it? What is the source that is causing me to need to exude this, this fake bravado? It's coming from the fact that I don't have a stable sense of worthiness. I don't know who I am in and of myself. If I'm just sitting here, I don't think I'm enough, so I gotta do, I gotta perform. And because I've found that I can perform in the area of business, now I've been able to create a pseudo identity. I'm able to exude a pseudo stability. And so people may look at that person and say, man, they're so confident, they're so this, they're so, you know, seeing them in a positive light, seeing it as an empowering thing. But at the core, they're actually shaking, unstable, leaning on crutches. And so we see when we get to the core, it's the source is a lack of worthiness, which creates a lack of confidence. What's the deeper source of that? Identity. Their identity isn't stable. And they're using the business and the skills as a crutch. And so where are the areas in your life? Where are the areas in your inner life where you lack autonomous stability? Is it in your emotions? Are you using emotional crutches? Are you using identity crutches? Are you using moral crutches? That's a good one. If you don't steal because the Bible says thou shalt not steal. Are you really moral? Is that, does, do you get to be moral by borrowing someone else's? It might have value. First, you need to be told. That's why later on in the scriptures, Jesus said, I now count you as friends. But before we were counted as friends, we were counted as servants. Which means we needed to hear that. We need to hear thou shalt not steal. But it gets to a point, it's supposed to drive you to a point where you understand in and of yourself what stealing is bad about. The, are y'all following me? That crutch, you use that crutch of somebody else, it's the same thing as a kid. You can't explain everything to a two-year-old. You might give them a false answer, but sometimes you just gotta tell them to do something. If you, if you mess around, you, they talk about the terrible twos. If you mess around and just try to explain to them every time why they shouldn't be doing something, they're going to have so many injuries. You cannot wait for them to not touch that stove. You can't wait for them to explain it. You got to get their hand away from it. There's a, there's a necessity early in development to authoritativeness. But it's supposed to drive you to the point of independence to understand 
No, now I don't steal because what's mine is mine. God said, what is for me, nobody can take away. The whole world is mine, so I don't need to steal nothing from you. And as a matter of fact, I need to love my, my neighbor like I love myself. So instead of stealing from you, listen, here. Take some more. Take some more. And it's coming from internal. And so when we let go of the crutches, it allows us to step into that independence. But the first step is to identify it. Second step of stable living, of learning how to lean on our own spine, is to relinquish the crutches that no longer serve us. Many of us have crutches in different areas of our life that we use simply out of familiarity. That we actually needed them in a past stage of development. And right now, we don't need them anymore. But we cling on out of an emotional attachment to the experience of leaning on that crutch. I've gotten so comfortable leaning on it that even though my leg is healed, I don't want to walk. Oh, y'all don't play with me. Y'all really ain't telling me? Y'all ain't been in no relationships where you was just leaning and leaning and leaning? And you really should have been standing on your own, but out of familiarity. What about a high school sweethearts? I know a couple that they ain't here, they in another state and they don't watch our way, so we could. And I ain't saying their names. But it was, it was high school sweethearts. I gotta check it Danny first, no, I'm playing. No, it was high school sweethearts. They 43 and 45 years old. They still together. Hate each other. Hate each other. They not mean. I'm good friends with both of them. It's funny, I was friends with one, I was friends with the other, because I went to school with their kids. I was friends with them, and then find out they were married, and I was like, oh snap, this gangster. And so like, they're nice to each other, they're cordial. And then, <laughs> it was like, they nice, they cordial, but apart, man, I'm so sick of when he be doing this. Talk to her. Bro, every time she come in the house, she be yada, yada, yada. They just going at each other's heads, but inside. They really don't even want to be together. I don't even know that the, that the love is there. It's funny, both of them separately have said, they haven't said this to each other, but they were like, we feel, like they said they were like, I feel sometimes like I'm living in the house with a silent enemy, an enemy. That's crazy. But they've been together this whole time, not, and, and, and the kids, like, it's, they were together since they were 14 and 15 years old. There's a familiarity to the crutch that they don't want to let go of. And let me, let me tie this into a scripture. Proverbs 3, 5 to 8. Let me, let me bring this into a, an, another example that we can relate holistically. That's an example of a familiar crutch. Now, here's another one. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. 
In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes, bars. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. How much familiarity do we have with our own understanding? I mean, that's a synonym for understanding is familiar because that's something we gain over time. And so when we, have, when we encounter situations, we encounter ideas that challenge our understanding, even if the new information we're hearing is actually correct, how often will we, at least initially, stand there and fight our case knowing that we dead wrong? Because it's familiar. And the whole premise of what I'm trying to convey with this is we not only need to identify our crutches, but we need to identify which of these are no longer serving an authentic purpose. Which of these crutches am I leaning on no longer for the purpose of supporting a current weakness, but rather because I'm making an emotional decision? I'm making an emotional decision to lean instead of an advancing decision to throw the crutch away. And it's important for us, and this is, this is the, the, the nuance that, that I want you guys to really hear, please. Check your Wi-Fi, no thank you. You see, I don't, I don't like those like, computers and laptops that be talking back to you. I don't like that, I don't like that. Show me the image, don't, you know, I don't need no Alexa, no Siri. But. <laughs> Anyway, that's a whole other story. But here's the nuance that I want you to hear. We are not aware of the shifts in our own development. Sometimes you shift. Three weeks can go by, and there's a shift that happens during that time. And you don't notice it. And so as a result, now you're in a new space you're in a, in a new version of yourself, but you're still using the old crutch. We have to audit our crutches. We have to audit the things we're using. Am I ready for the next stage? Sometimes, me, me and Gabby be in the gym, we'll be lifting. And she, it, it ain't fair though, because she's strong for no daggone reason. And she'll, she'll, she'll be hitting weight, and she'll get, she'll be like, man, that was heavy. And I'm like, and then I'll do the same weight. And I'm just like, yeah, that thing was crazy. And then she'll go get some water and come back through and say, she'll be like, add another caddy on it. <laughs> it was like, what? You ain't never done that before. And I'm thinking, like, how is she going to do this? And then she hits that thing like six, seven times. But that's a form of auditing her performance. Because if she didn't test it, she wouldn't do it. You know what I'm saying? It's the same thing with our crutches. We got to stop and look. Do I still need this crutch? Why am I leaning on it? This person this habit, this coping mechanism, am I ready for a new level of independence? Appreciate you. <laughs> I talked about her being strong. That's why she wanted to talk to me now. <laughs> Number three. This one's quick, but it's important. It ties in perfectly. Accept that there are crutches you need for stability. You gotta understand that this isn't about, you, don't, you know what I'm saying? You don't go from zero to 60 in one second. The second my leg healed, 
I just ran for the first time like a few weeks ago. Even though my injury happened August of last year, and I walked for the first time January of this year, and I didn't run till like last month. And the way it happened was hilarious. It was by accident. It was here. It was raining. It was like a, a sun shower outside, right? It was a sun shower. And um, I had given my umbrella away, and so I'm just running to the car. And now I hear this deep voice behind me. Hey, I guess you running, huh? Yeah. And I turn around this talent, and I was just like, like immediately, I was like, huh, what's he talking about? And I was just like, oh, snap. <laughs> Yo, I for real ran. That was my first time running. <laughs> I just needed, I guess that's another message. Sometimes we just need the right motivation to throw the crutch away, but mm -hmm. we won't get into that. <laughs> but until it's time, I can understand that there are crutches, as long as they're not destructive, there are crutches that it's okay that I still utilize. Perfect example of this. The whole experience that initiated the inclination to, to convey this message, why did I say that like that? I didn't need to say all those words. I literally could have said just, the thing that made me want to speak about this, I'm sorry. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get better at that junk, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I really am, that was, that was totally unnecessary. <laughs> See, that's why it sounded good. It's, it's that Brooklyn swagginess coming back out. That's what <laughs> but, but no, it's the thing that motivated me to want to speak about this was I was in, I had done like a deep meditation and you know how it is like when you meditate regularly, you can't control the nature of the experience. Sometimes, you know, you sitting there, you didn't burnt the sage and the Palo Santo and you doing your thing. And then five minutes in, you ready to punch somebody. You know what I'm saying? And then other times you sit there and you go in. And this time I went in. I'm talking about, I forgot that my body was there. Like when I came back, my joints were so locked up and my feet were asleep. And I'm just like, whoa, how, like, I didn't even know how much time had gone by. But during this time, it's like I was observing the thoughts. And a phase came where the thoughts went away. And it was just silence. And instead of it being like the thoughts were coming like this, it started to feel like insights coming like this. Like it felt like communication. You know what I mean? And the idea came to me, you're in your last semester. You got your comprehensive exams in January. You finish your dissertation in summer. You're going to be Dr. Ryan Howard. Dr. Ryan Howard. Dr. Ryan Howard. Like that's a deep, there's another thing. That's a deep thing for me. That, that, that represents a lot for me. It's not about the title. It's about like the journey there has been something deeply, deeply spiritual for me. Like, wow. And then the insight comes to me. Relinquish it. Relinquish it. Relinquish your identity of being knowledgeable. Relinquish 
your identity of a psychologist. It's in the way now. Take off your shoes. Take off your shoes, for the ground you walk on is holy. Take off them Air Forces. Stop trying to be cute. I need to use you. And in order to use you, I need you to be barefoot. Because when you're barefoot and you put your feet on the ground, you can feel the vibrations of my word reverberate through your body. And those are the insights that will make you effective enough to be a healer, to be a psychologist, to be an educator on the level that I need you to be at. But first, relinquish the shoes. can't tell you what that did to me. I felt like I didn't belong all my life. When I was a kid, when I was in the gifted, gifted classes, I was the only black kid. And none of them knew what it meant to turn up. Every time I went to my friends' houses, I always had to bring Obey, you know what I'm saying? I had to season it myself. <laughs> oh, I'm tripping. The things they, the things they liked to do for fun were different. The, the ways they spoke were different. When I went to middle school and high school, the ways that they expressed themselves were different. The way that they talked was different. But then when I got to high school, now I'm a little bit more mature. I start to realize the ways that they experience and navigate their emotions are different. The ways they articulate their thoughts and the way they process their thoughts are different. I never felt like I belonged. I became exceptional at being a chameleon, but I never felt home. And as a result of feeling different, I felt the need to, I felt the need to find a means of being credible. Since you can't see me, I gotta show you something. And I gotta show you something, you feel me? I gotta show you something that'll make you respect me. That'll make you wanna listen when I speak because I got something to say. That's why I got in the gym. I'm serious as a heart attack. That's why I got in the gym. When y'all hear me talk about, I started working out when I was 13. For the last 15 years, last 16 years, I have not missed a five-day window of the gym. Except when them gyms were closed, but even then, I was up in Treetops Park getting swole. But I did that because it's like, let me build something that they can see. Let me create an identity that doesn't require my nuances that they don't understand. And then I found scholarship. Now when I talk, people are interested because I have something that they can use. 
I found writing. Now, when I, when I talk and when I articulate, I do it in such a way that it is new to them. Amen. It's interesting. It, it created this mental muscle coach, this identity. Now, oh my goodness, now I have this great job. I train physicians. I do all this. Ah, da, 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 da. And the whole time I'm looking at myself knowing, you know that that junk don't mean nothing. But it be they became crutches from which when I stepped into society, when I stepped into public spaces, even though I wasn't talking about none of that, internally, that's why I felt worthy of being there. Because I felt like I'm saying to myself, yeah, everybody here is a value. I'm a value. Like, I can play along. But subconsciously, the reason I was thinking I was a value, the reason why I thought I was interesting enough to even be in this group of people was because of that. And so God was saying to me during this meditation that I let you develop those crutches along your journey because you were picking up insights and you were picking up value along the way because you didn't just, don't forget, you didn't just get that title of psychologist. You really became one. Like you really know your stuff. And so I allowed that to happen and I allowed you even to have the identity of one, but now he said, throw away those childish things. Throw away your toys. Wow. That, mm. Come on. PhD, I'm going to be a doctor. He said, throw away that toy. Amen. Talk about checking you. Amen. That is the power of it. And so I'm going to close with this. The last one, lean your full weight on God and let him be your spine. This is the destination, right? There's no destination, but this is the place that we're seeking to arrive to. How do we do that? How do we lean our full weight on God and let him be our spine? Well, how much effort does it take to lean on your spine? That doesn't even make logical sense because your spine is inside of you. So you don't need to do anything in order to lean on your spine because it's your spine. The effort is necessary in the decision to not lean on to other things. The effort is in me saying, in those moments where I'm inclined to lean onto that crutch that I know isn't good for me, that I know is toxic, that I know is problematic, that I know is not sustainable. The effort is in the decision to say, no, I will remain steadfast and immovable. Amen. The way the apostle Paul said, I know how to abide and abound. This is it. This is how we lean on God. And it takes faith. It takes that. But the thing is, I treat it like I enter into a state of curiosity. Instead of saying, God, I'm going to lean on you because I trust you, da, 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 I'm not always in the state where I'm able to say that and mean it. So instead, I say, Lord, I know 
I know that you got all the power. Even though I can't see it right now, I'm going to remain curious about what you will do through me and through what you will show me. But in order to honor that curiosity, I will lean on you. So show it to me. This is what I'm going to end with is this story. Because this will just bring together the concept of when we do this, when we allow ourselves to relinquish these crutches, we allow ourselves to go through the process of relinquishing these crutches because we don't release them all at one time. It allows us to become truly and internally stable. It allows us to lean on our own spine. The experience that brought me from the transition from religiosity into spirituality. The experience that causes me to say when people ask me, do you believe in God, do you believe in Christ? I say, no, because I don't need belief. I know God. Amen. I know Christ. And that's not coming out of arrogance. It's coming from a deep place of humility. It's because when you have an experience, you don't need to convince anybody, including yourself. After I had that, ain't nobody need to talk to me about whether or not God is real. That's not, I don't even conceptualize that language anymore. What do you mean God is real? I'm here. I'm here. That's how I know God is real. Because I am my master's teaching. God is real, how do you know? Because you talking and I'm listening, brother. That's it. I was in, at that point, the, one of the, it was the lowest spot I had ever experienced. I was in my early 20s. I was going through a deep depression. It was a three-month three span of where it was really, really tight. To the point where when this three-month span began, I walk into the gym and I hear God's, like I heard it in my mind say, I'm taking you through a crucifixion. I heard it. I'm taking you through a crucifixion. I had just broken up from a long-term relationship. I'd just gotten back home from school, from uh, my undergrad. So you know how funny thing is, like, the day you graduate, you're a college graduate, the next day, you're just jobless. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's identity shift in 24 hours. It's crazy. My money was funny. It felt like nothing in my life was satiating. The, the future, I'd, I'd applied to, like, 150 jobs, and I went to the University of Florida. I had a good degree. It just wasn't very inspiring. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> nobody wanted to hire me. Y'all don't relate to that, man. Brother was struggling back then. And I remember there was a night that I was laying in my bed, and I mean, I was really, really in a deep space, deep, deep space. And I just felt so in pain. I felt so psychologically tormented by my own thoughts, that sleep was escaping me. And I was saying to the Lord, I was like, Lord, I feel so, I feel so much pain that I'm numb. I don't even want better right now. I just want to disappear. And I said the statement, God's got a sense of humor. I, I just want to disappear. I just want to give it all up. I just want to give it up. That's what I said. I was like, I just want to give it up. And I heard him say, let it all go. Almost as a response to my, oh, I want to give it up. He goes, okay, well, if you're going to give it up, 
give it all up. Let it all go. And he wasn't talking about stuff. He was talking about let it go. And I couldn't articulate it at the time, but he was saying, let go to the level of your identity. Can you let go so hard that you let go of Ryan? And I said it. I've never said anything with more depth and, and genuine belief and conviction. I said, Lord, please. I feel like everything's already gone. Whatever's left, you can take that too. Like, you can have it. It was like a, you can have it. And I went to sleep. And I woke up the next morning and I heard a silence that was more silent than silent. It was a psychological silence. I'm looking around, I'm like, somebody done drug me. I'm sitting there, I'm eating, I'm getting ready for the, for, for the gym. I get dressed, I get in my car, start driving, and I'm just saying, what is going on? Because I'm not understanding. And I look up at the sky, and I realized I'd never seen the sky before. It, like, it was like, it was almost as if, oh, I've been seeing the sky in 2D, and I saw it in 5D. Like the reality of it, like, oh my God, like creation is mind blowing. And I was at peace. And I went through a two week span where I was so at peace that I didn't give a care about nothing while caring about everything. Nothing had changed. I didn't, my money was still funny, but internally I was anew. And this is how it ends. I'm driving in the car back home a week later, and I hear the message come to me, a scripture that my mom would say to me over and over and over again. I'm sorry. Ryan, there is a peace that surpasses all understanding. She would quote that scripture over and over and over again, and I never knew what the hell she was talking about, but I'd smile and say, yes, ma'am. <laughs> and I'm driving, and I go, oh my God, the peace that surpasses all understanding. <laughs> I start losing my mind. I'm like, oh snap, Jesus was for real, for real. Like he was really on that when he said that. This is what he was talking about, like, oh, snap. I was like, oh, I know him now. Yeah. I know him now. Yeah. Thousands of years later, he was letting me know, I got you, brother. And that experience only happened because I relinquished my crutches. And so just know that everything that you think you need, everything that you clinging on to, we cling on to it because of the fear of falling into the abyss of nothing has got us covered. But I just say this to know that's where God is. I love you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Hartway.
We love you guys so much. We'll see you next Sunday. Thank you.